Good afternoon, fellow Gooners. Welcome to another episode of Cannon Talk. I'm this morning, my coach as usual, Aiden. Out of guys, uh, Arsenal take on the Hammers. You know, not going to be an easy game, but, you know, for me, I thought um, West Ham would definitely have an eye on the Europa League tie semi-final. So, you know, I thought the game would have been easier than most games against West Ham away from home. Yeah, and I mean, look, with Spurs winning, uh, prior to the kickoff, uh, pressure was on us again, you know, to edge forward in the in the top four race. Um, it was great to see Tom Yasser back in the starting 11. Um, Holding also got to start ahead of Ben White, who was missing because of a tight hamstring. Uh, I think it's also the amount of games now, slowly but surely now, you know, adding up to these players. Um, then Martinelli also came in for Smith Rowe, because, I mean, of the two, currently, Martinelli is almost like trumping uh, Smith Rowe right now in the squad. Uh, what was your take on the squad? No, very happy with the with the starting eleven. You know, Tommy Yasu, I was a bit skeptical if if we rushed him back a bit too soon. You know, I did say in the previous episode that you know we'd like him to maybe ease in. Then with regards to um, Martinelli coming in, you know, I was always saying Smith Rowe should come in, but you know, happy with Martinelli coming because, like you said, it's a straight shootout almost for their position. But I do think also, you know. Um, Smith-Rowe should also be sometimes um, earmarked to play in the Odegaard role. And then, you know, Nketi up front, happy with that. I mean, he has been doing quite well. I've been big criticizing him big time. But, you know, also give credit where it's due. So, you know, couldn't complain much with the lineup. But, you know, um, happy to see Alneni as well. They to just give us some solidarity and some solidarity, sorry, and some also some, um, you know, Experience in the middle of the park, so happy overall with the lineup. Yeah. I mean, the first 27 minutes, I'm mean, gonna actually put a time marker on here, like from minute one to 27. I mean, for me, it was more like a chess match in the beginning yes. because I mean, there was 100%. no no real attacking. Both teams were like cautious. I think also with, with the likes of David Moyes, what he was doing, like, I mean, I expected the even weaker squad, and I mean, he actually went in quite strong, even though, um. You know, everybody was kind of hyping up the whole thing of, of us playing almost like an understrength West uh, Ham team. So, I mean, look, he was taking a risk. Um, I mean, for me, both teams were making a lot of errors at times, actually more us. Uh, as I said, it was more like a sparring, you know, like, you know, like in a boxing, like just sparring than actual watching uh, clinical football. Yeah, I know it. For me, I was surprised that Arsenal, you know, maybe it was a good thing, but I was surprised that Arsenal, you know, didn't kind of come out the block storming, knowing that um, West Ham could have been a bit leggy. Um, but, you know, like you say, a game of chess, and you don't also want to keep anything away. So, so like you also mentioned last week, I don't know if you remember what you said, like, you know, Arsenal should just kind of try to just keep it tight and not concede early on because, you know, that kind of fatigue will eventually kick into West Ham. Yeah, then 28th minute, like first big uh, chance of the match, uh, for Niles ends up blazing over after good work by uh, Kufal. And I mean, there was a point, I don't know if you noticed or picked it up, Kufal picked up an injury, I think, midway in the first half. And I was thinking, you know, Arsenal was trying to exploit that because every now and then he was like looking across the bench, then he's like holding his thigh, and then he's like looking again. But every time when it came <coughs> excuse me, to a, a one-on-one race, I mean, he somehow, you know, dug deep and he was, you know, coping with what we were throwing at him. Um, then in the 30th minute, Lanzini ends up eating a pot shot from outside the box. Um, 
I was a bit annoyed, you know, allow us allowing that, but I mean, Rob Holding comes in and makes a fantastic uh, block. Um, I just found that like, Arsenal's playing generals. Like, I mean, we already 30th minute, but I mean, I still found us too slow and too sleepy the way we're playing. No, I agree with you. And, and why I say that is because I'll make mention to that Europa League down Thursday. I mean, we weren't showing, you know, that. I mean, I'm sure if it also reversed, you know, West Ham didn't play and we played, we would have been on the ropes very much. And and we just seemed a bit nervous in the first <laughs> half. We lacked composure and, you know, it was, it, I don't know, it, it, it wasn't a typical Arsenal performance where, you know, it, it, it just seemed a bit shaky. And, you know, you wonder if the nerves for the top four is kind of getting to them as well. I mean, look, uh, 36 minutes, West Ham, I mean, position-wise, we're just dominating the ball. Arsenal were barely getting a touch. And there's not one thing, look, I'm going to be a bit, you know, somewhat controversial, but I mean, for me, Odegaard was actually annoying me the most. I mean, of course, nobody was really coming out shining or whatever, but for me, what was annoying me, my personal take of, of Odegaard, is that he's asking the players to press, but he's not doing it because I don't know how many times I spotted him in that first half, especially, he walking, like when, when the, like, say somebody like Tavares is pressing, Martinelli is pressing, uh, Saka and then they're trying to close down as much as they can, and he's walking so it leaves every time this big, you know, gulf in the mid in the midfield, and every time they're trying to almost like uh, we're somehow allowed to burst through because I don't know how many times I, I'm sure you recall we El Nini had to come from almost like a more locked defensive mid position to come higher to press even higher just because Odegaard was not doing what what he's supposed to do. Yeah, I don't know if he's tired or something like that, but you know that's why I'm interested in the start, you know. Um, Smith Rowe should maybe even move to that centre attacking mid role just to you know change it up a bit and give maybe a break because I also think it's a bit of complacency settling in because Odegaard seeing that his position is not being you know taken away and also having the captain armband on his arm. Because I mean, look, I'm a big fan of him. I like it, but I mean, you also have to call out certain people when you you're doing stuff. Because I mean, like okay, thirty-seven minute, uh, Bowen ends up gifting the ball to um, Odegaard. The Norwegian plays the ball through to Nketi, and I mean, Nketi, I mean, out of the blue, it's one of these finesse shots with which Fabianski, I mean, you can actually see the ball is going to go in, or creep in, actually. And I mean, Fabianski ends up having to cover the ground and so palm away for a corner, so I mean, also looking good so far. Yeah, I know, it. Uh, the, uh, that was, that was a better, better improvement, and I think that composure started getting there, you know, as soon as we... As the game went on, it's almost like they started finding their feet, and the fact that West Ham, like I said, didn't score was you know, a plus for me at that point. Yeah, then from that ensuing corner, Saka ends up beating a you know a good corner. Uh, Holding ends up almost like out fighting Lanzini towards the ball, and I mean he ends up glancing the ball into the net. One Arsenal. Big big goal, big big goal, and I think um, I believe that that would kick on, us on and kind of just see the see the half out, you know, compose yourself, see the half out, you know, and kind of do maybe get the second uh, um, before the you know, second half. Then 40th minute, uh, the other end, uh, four miles uh, ends up taking a corner, an uh, in-swinging one, which uh, Declan Rice ends up glancing goal, with a goal-bound header. I mean, Ramsdale ends up pulling off a worldie to palm the ball against, against the crossbar. But, I mean, there was a sort of melee in the box, but, I mean, we managed to just just clear, but, I mean, warning signs for Arsenal. So. 100%. It, it, it's it, those kind of cheap giveaways that cost us. And, I mean, you know, Ramsdale, once again, 
you know, pulling off saves. I know we've been a bit critical of him at times as well, but I mean, you know, like once again, big, big save for for Arsenal. Then, as I'm not expecting us to go in one up uh, into the half, uh, we end up, uh, you know, kind of losing Declan Rice high up the field. He ends up spraying a ball cross field, and I mean, Kufal ends up getting, you know, onto the edge of the box. Uh, Tavares is too slow to really close him down. He ends up firing a shot across the box, and I mean, uh, Bowen always been the danger man for his time. He ends up uh, side cutting the ball. And only his volley nestles past uh, Ramsdale, and I mean, 1 1 going into half time. Yeah, I know. Cheap giveaway in the middle third. I mean, there was zero pressure, just like you mentioned from Odegaard. Odegaard never closed Declan Rice down, and it's a lot of spray of the pass. And like you said, Tavar is not tight enough, and Gabriel, I think, also wasn't tight enough to go, and you could have stopped that. I mean, those are the little things that you need to get right, you know, when you're playing against the top clubs. I mean, I mean, not I'm saying West Ham's not a top club, but yeah. if you do that consistently against Liverpool or Man City, you know, you will see your your behind. So, you know, going into halftime, one one, losing concentration and you know, allowing almost West Ham to have that morale boost and come out stronger in the second half. Yeah. And then second half, uh forty eighth minute Ben Rama ends up having a shot at goal, holding again, having to charge the ball down. Because I think Arsenal also again still coming slow out of the blocks. Then 52nd minute, also a controversial moment. Uh, the ball gets spread over the Arsenal defence. Rob Holding really gets caught out by the flight of the ball. Uh, Bowen ends up racing through it at the Arsenal goal. Ramsdale comes racing out of his area. And I mean, he ends up lunging at Bowen. And I mean, honestly, I really thought it was uh, uh, almost like a straight rear for Ramsdale. Me also. Me the also. I, I, was, I was just looking up and... Just closing my eyes and the, the VAR was checking it out. Oh, it was quite nerve-wracking. I thought he was off. Yeah, because I mean, I my mind was already thinking of how we're going to set up now. Yes. The man down. Because, and I was thinking, you know, is a point enough now? Or are you going to try yeah. to push for a winner? What do you do? Yeah, it was totally nerve-wracking because, I mean, in the end, I think, okay, Bowen ends up jumping more over Ramsdale's leg for the, you know, to evade serious injury because I think it could have been way worse. I mean, for me, it was... Reckless by Ramsdale. I mean, a, a lot of pundits also, I mean, I'm not that I'm following what they say, but I mean, watching with my own eyes, it was reckless to come out like that because on another day, maybe the guy's foot was planted and the sort of speed that Ramsdale was coming at could have been way, way worse for him. That would have been a game changer moment. And at that point, you know, would you have settled for a draw if it, <laughs> if it, if, it, if you got a red card at that point? Or would you have thought that's not good enough? No, I mean, I. My point, yeah, my thing was just not, not just don't lose this game because it's, yeah. West Ham was already, especially this season, it's been a tough place for a lot of teams. I mean, yeah. even Liverpool, Liverpool stand, lost there. Yeah. Liverpool lost there, yeah. So, I mean, to get any bonus out of it, I thought to myself, you need to go 11 v 11 against them. Um, then, 54th minute, Saka ends up floating a hanging corner again. The Hammers half clear, Martinelli ends up recycling the ball. Uh, and I mean, Amos was so focused on Matt Martinelli to try to close him down because they were coming almost like in a, a purple, like a, in, what's it, magenta, whatever color the, the kit is, to close him down. But I mean, he ends up going to the far post where Gabriel, out of nowhere, seemingly ends up ghosting and he powers ahead in of uh, Fabianski 2 1 Arsenal. Yeah, what brilliant, brilliant call. Um, such a, a exciting moment there for us to bring it to to two one. So um, yeah, happy about that. But 
you know, still a bit nervous and just checking the clock and there was still a long, long time to go. Yeah, and I went to school and they were still at VR check and I went, my, my nerves was almost like half shot already because I'm also thinking, I mean, if we allowed this, because look, they were first thinking it, it was uh, almost like uh, with purpose that, that, that Rob Holding handled the ball, but I mean, it just ended up flicking off uh, the West Ham players, I think, head onto his arm and then straight to Martinelli in the build-up. So I mean, the goal was given and I mean, my mindset was already Arsenal, please shut up shop, yeah? Yeah, I know. I also, you know, I didn't want us to, you know, keep on. Don't be too open. Just don't concede because West Ham also were, you know, they they were giving more than I thought they would have, especially after that Thursday night fixture. But, you know, I, I was definitely, you know, Arsenal have done a lot this season to consolidate games, and I think the second half they did fill me with a bit more confidence in the first half. Yeah, 10.58th minute and Ketia ends up getting a shot off. Fabianski ends up dealing with it comfortably. Uh, 62nd minute, Jaka this time ends up getting dis- dis- uh, dispossessed. I mean, I think there's no communication there in midfield at that point. By four nulls, and I mean, four nulls ends up feeding Bowen. But I mean, this time, Gabriel ends up charging the shot down, obviously. Yeah, I know it. Um... There were times for me, and, and there was times I was just, I couldn't keep my eye on the game because I, I was pacing up and down, pacing up and down, because, you know, the, what was at stake at this, it was it was really nerve-wracking. I mean, I, in a moment like that, I can tell you straight, my eye is like, my, it purposely does not look at the corner clock, because I mean, I'm just thinking to myself, please me not look at that clock for a while, and by the time when I look again, it's like, you know, the time jumped, something like 10 or 15 minutes, but I mean, the time is like just ticking slower and slower, and I'm, I mean, my nerves is like, you know, really bothering me, my palms are sweaty, because I know this is going to be almost like a real, almost like a slip at the end. Uh, then 64th minute, uh, West Ham, you know, trying to open Arsenal up, but I mean, this time around, Arsenal seemed more compact now, sitting yeah. deeper. Wanting, you know, uh, West Ham to come in. I mean, oh, really, if you think of it, West Ham did not have that, that sort of creativity that's going to, you know, really hurt us. So it was like we were just sitting in the two banks of four and having some like Nketiah just standing free. I mean, having somebody almost like a Roma in front of the, the two banks of four. And then you also have got Nketiah as the lone man up front, just waiting for any scrap to come forward from a, a Route 1 clearance. Yeah, I know Xhaka also for me, you know, just really gave such a good performance. He 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 just seemed to disciplined, he worked tirelessly and you know, you at the moment you can't really say enough good things about Xhaka. Although we do kind of miss that party, but Xhaka's performances, you know, have almost eliminated that factor. I mean what what I find amazing is how I mean if you think how long has been since someone like Alnini has played for the first team. Yeah. And how they almost like complement each other now playing. And I, th- I think we mentioned it last, um, like last week's podcast, especially. Now, not having Lakonga, you can actually see what we are missing, you know, for that, that sort of role where Nini is not too panicked when he's on the ball. He takes his time. Almost like at times, it looks like time stands still when he gets the ball, and, you know, with his back. And I mean, what what I think I like about what he's doing now, and it's something that just infuriated me before, where you would get the ball. And just keep on sideways, backwards passing. This time around, he looks like somebody, I don't know, maybe it's the African Nations Cup that got him boosted like this. But it's like he takes the ball on and immediately he'll turn to the opposition goal, get his head up and start looking. Because, I mean, there was one fantastic pass. I think it was when he was playing a ball through to um, Ketia, where 
ends up winning the ball on the edge of our box. And I mean, he dissects the whole uh, West Ham United defence with a, a long ball. But I mean, you can see it's fully controlled straight to Nketiah. Yeah, no, it's... Um, at, at, at this point, did you think we could see it all out? Or, or you still have... Did you have, like, kind of, you know, reserves? Like, it, this is not going to... You know, we're going to concede a silly equaliser. Or did you think the guy had the composure? No, there were moments, I mean... Especially when, when you had that, that sort of moments where Tavares would go forward. And then he does that thing that he did against United as well early, where he would lose the ball high up the field. And then it's like the counter-attack, I mean, the, the opposition that comes to the counter-attack. And you can already see we're short of numbers. So, of course, everybody's trying to, you know, just get bodies behind the ball. ball. But, I mean, it, it, I mean, for me, it was, if I think of the last few games where, Against Chelsea, I felt comfortable. Uh, the, uh, a part of the second half, that, that Man United game, you could see from the get go, we always were there and there about, you know, full control of the game. But for me, this game, because it's almost like when you watch a team like West Ham in the situation they're in, they've got a lot of key injuries to, to the majority of the defenders. And I mean, you know, it's almost like you take on a wounded animal, and I mean, anything can happen. And sometimes I think also with us as, as goalers, it's like you always think. Is something, you know, going to really kick us when we're this close to, you know, getting to the, the, the finishing line? We, you know, something shocking happens or something freakish happens to it was like totally uh, derail our season. That is what was going through my mind constantly. Yes, no, I, I was very panicked about that. And and that's why, I, like, you know, I, I was looking at the clock all the time, looking at the clock, and I'm just thinking to myself, you know, somebody don't do something stupid because I've seen Arsenal, you know, whether it's a top four race or, you know, title days of like you know that where they just kind of do something that just lets the team spiral yeah then 70th minute Emma's now totally you know dominating position uh 72nd minute Gabriel ends up blocking uh, for now I mean spectacular volley immediately Arsenal you know quick counter uh Eden Kete ends up getting the ball I think that's a move at the told you where uh, El Nini plays him in and I mean, he ends up powering past uh, Zuma. And I think he just doesn't have that balance to keep him you know, on track. And I mean, he ends up just dragging his shot away. Yeah. Oh, I, th- I thought that would be it for us. Yeah. Then, 77 minutes, Cedric comes on for Tomiyasu. And I mean, you could clearly see Tomiyasu is this, uh, you know, going even uh, or attempting a 90-minute match is still, I think, too much for him at the moment. Because I mean, you could see his legs were totally gone by that 77 minute. Uh, then 79th minute, uh, Kufal ends up playing a back pass, gets intercepted by Nketiah. And I mean, I think he ends up also doing one of that, that sort of, uh, that, that finesse shots again he attempts. Again, Fabianski ends up just clawing the ball away for a corner. But I mean, it was really close for Arsenal. Yeah, I know Fabianski, you know, always seems to have a good game against Arsenal, even when he was at, Swan, at Swansea. And yeah. with the Tomiyasu thing, I honestly thought it was an injury because he was holding his calf yeah. muscle. And I thought, and I was upset. I, I was upset because I remember we spoke on the podcast and said, you know, the, rather the team come the last 15 minutes. And I thought to myself, you know, did he now set himself back now till you know, next season now? Yeah. Because when I was, as you, I was worried because I mean, the minute the physio came on, he was already tapping his calves and I said, oh, yeah. no. Yeah. But he was just more, it was more just cramped. Then Smith Rowe in the 87 minute has to come on for Saka. I think he too was, you know, really hit with fatigue yeah. at the end there. Because I think his legs were just barely going at the moment. 
then 90th minute tempers start boiling over by both sides. As I mean, you could see Arsenal like really frustrating with them. And I mean, the likes of Declan Rice really annoyed by Arsenal's way of, you know, the dark arts when they were trying yeah. to go down for a little injury or something like that, just to uh, wind the clock down. And then 92nd minute, uh, Lokonga ends up coming on for Odegaard. And I mean, Arsenal end up hanging on and it's all three points for the Gunners. Yeah, thank goodness. You know, I was I was really like bummed, like not bummed, I was really panicked about it and I would have been bummed if we actually dropped points because, you know, as we take on and discuss the next game against Leeds, yeah. there's a lot of importance, um, you know, riding on this West Ham result because, I mean, the combination permutations for that um, top four spot, you know, goes ever closer in our favour. I mean, you know, we're going to discuss it now, but Arsenal take on Leeds. And 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 at the in the same breath on the Saturday, Liverpool take on Tottenham, and you know Liverpool are in the stage now where you know they can't afford to drop a point. You know they won't settle for a draw, and if they can, you know, beat Tottenham this Saturday, Arsenal have to do the business against Leeds. And West Ham was always going to be that one game that was going to be a tricky affair away from home. Leeds at the Emirates, Liverpool go. I mean Tottenham go to Anfield. You know we need to make this count. Yeah, fourth versus seventeenth. Uh, strangely, before you know, last week's hammering by Man City, uh, Leeds were already on a five-match and beaten run. Uh, I mean, for me, taking on Leeds is like, as I mentioned also earlier, another type of you know wounded animal. I mean, they're getting also now to a point where they're fighting for survival to their nail because, I mean, it's not so close now between Burnley, Leeds, and Everton. Yeah. And I mean, I think with, with the likes of. Watford and Norwich already down. It's now, you know, one more spot that's going to be dumped out, uh, dumped down to the championship. So, I mean, the key battle, I think, you know, from the get-go, um, Nuno Tavares versus Rafinha, because I mean, Rafinha has been the main man. I mean, I honestly don't think he's going to even stay there um, in yeah. the summer, because even the likes of, of um, Barcelona have been already trying to, you know, kind of tap him up already. Um, and I mean, like, Leeds... Uh, as a team, they also ravaged by injuries. I mean, like they've lost Patrick Bamford. Every, I mean, I think he's also had like a real stop-start season. Um, Stuart Dallas ended up breaking his leg against Man City, um, and I mean, I think Cooper might play. I think on on Sunday because it's touch and go. Because I mean, he, he's almost like one of the key men at the back. Uh, and I mean, the, as I said, a lot of injuries to uh, vital players for them. And I mean, I just think now Arsenal need to put also a solid performance in because I expect a better performance compared to the West Ham game, even though yet it was an ugly win. But I still think to make it easy on ourselves, I mean, I don't want us to almost like, almost like uh, you know, you have to almost like sweat the uh, home game now because we already just barely went out, you know, crossed the line against West Ham, who actually were way more fatigued than us. I mean, we having almost yeah. like seven days between our matches. So I actually expect us to be a bit more refreshed. And also, I mean, I'm sorry to hop on it, but I mean, I also expect something really big from Odegaard in this match because I really think he kind of owes it to the to the team because I think they, the rest of the squad actually carried in the last game. Yeah, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm a bit. It's a, it's a game that you know that if Arsenal don't end early, it could be trouble because I mean, Leeds have the desperation factor. It would have been. You know, better playing a mid-table side, you know, who have nothing to really to play for. They just, you know, mind is on holiday, their place is safe. I mean, Leeds, you know, could still get... I mean, Arsenal's remaining fixtures, you know, besides the Newcastle game, it's all going to be, 
you know, both sides, all the sides have everything to play for. And, you know, if Arsenal are going to allow Leeds to dictate the game or, or allow Leeds, you know, to get the early goal or something to cling on to, you know, even a point for Leeds at the Emirates is something because it's, it's a game where they're not even expected to get the point. So, you know, if Arsenal, like you said, if Odegaard can dictate the game, pull the strings, you know, let I think maybe Martinelli also get involved in this type of game, just so that you can get in and behind the defence very early on, because I do think, you know, Leeds might go there searching for a point and if, you know, try to catch us on the break, if there's anything available. So, this city is in our own hands, because yeah. if you look at who has the last two games with Tottenham, they play at home to Burnley and then I think they end up with knowledge away the last day of the season. I mean, I'd say to be corrected, but I think it's yeah, I am on the fixtures uh, site on the on the on the Premier League. Um, last game of the season. Um, let me just check. Put so up. they play. We play, we play Everton. They play Norwich. Yes, I mean, you know, Norwich really relegated. I mean, that's a game that Spurs would be expected to win. Um, prior to that, I mean, we played Newcastle on Monday. They play Burnley, like you said. I mean, Burnley might give it their all because yeah, yeah. you know. They they in a relegation struggle, but you know Arsenal need to get the points against Leeds. You then you go then you go and play Tottenham with a five point gap, and it kind of you know Tottenham, you know will accept the point, but I mean you know more often they will actually need to come out and try to win the game at Arsenal, and we seem to like it when teams come at us. <laughs> so you know Leeds is an important game again. You know I sound like a broken record, but if Liverpool, I mean I'm sure we're all going to be scousers on Saturday night. If they beat Tottenham and Arsenal do the job against Leeds, you know, then you're looking there with three games to go, a five-point cap. You know, destiny's in your own hands. Even if you go and beat Spurs at 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 you know uh, away from home, it's gonna be uh, gonna be what we need. But I mean, yeah, I definitely think um, you know beating Leeds is gonna be important. I mean, it also leads us straight into the Spurs Arsenal game on Thursday evening. Uh, I mean, for me, it's going to be vital also to see, as you now mentioned, how things have not fed with the past weekend, the, you know, the weekend's matches with Liverpool and Leeds, respectively. Um, Spurs also has, you know, they've had their wobble, but I mean, I think they they look, you know, way sharper. And I mean, they have the sort of firepower that we lack. Um, I think Son came already just that two alone, 33, 32 goals, sorry, between the, between the two of them. And I mean, with assists uh, for, for Tottenham, Harry Kane, eight, Kulusevski, eight, and Son, seven. So, I mean, at front three, I mean, needs to be, you know, you know really outplay, uh, not outplay, but, you know, shut down immediately. That's going to have to be part of the game plan. Because for me, Kulusevski, I mean, if we, say him against somebody like Tavares, I mean, he's going to have probably a field day. Because at times, I, like my personal take is also, you know what you were mentioning now, you know, let the team come on to us. But I think also, let you know, sometimes these sort of players you see that are so fantastic. I mean, like like you look even at Trent Alexander-Arnold, a fantastic player going forward. But the minute you have to ask questions of the defensively, you can't actually see the vulnerabilities. And I think if you let somebody like Kulusevski or Son defend more, then you can actually see what you can get at, at, at Tottenham. Yeah, no, and, and I think the pressure on Tottenham more than us in that game, if we decide, you know, to beat Leeds. And I think, you know, if we if we turn our style on like we did at, at Chelsea and maybe cut out the errors, you know, we can also beat Spurs away from home. And I mean, like yeah. you said, if you nullify um, Kane, 
and and so on you know you can you can very much end them um and I mean, you know in that top four race right there and i mean like you know you really want to go deep into the top no squad for me son is the golden boy because i just yeah. think of he is the one if, if it's not clicking for him Harry Kane is not going to get you that that sort of goals and that but he's like son is always somebody that that can be the game changer even if you know, everybody else's heads are down. He's like the yeah, Alexis Sanchez, if you think of it. In that yeah, I know. 100%. Comparison. I think, you know, it would be... I would like to have a Sontag player at Arsenal. Yeah. So, we move on now to the talking point section of the podcast as we wind down. Um, I'm sure you have heard already a few hours ago. Uh, Mikola Tete has signed now his Arsenal deal. which will take him up to 2025. What's your thoughts? You know... On the one hand, I think it's, it's it's a bit soon. I think maybe we could have reassessed, you know, after the 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 season, you know, where you where we were. I mean, I'm I think he did, uh, if I'm not mistaken, did secure as Europa League football, which you know, in the in the if we go back to our first you know season, yeah. or what's our expectations, we would have taken it. But I think you know now we want to see you know Champions League football. On the other hand, you know, I think he has transformed this team. To be a yeah, bit, yeah. you know, stronger, tougher, to compete a bit more. So, you know, I'm on the fence still about it. I'm not going to say I'm happy. I'm not going to say, um, um, you know, not happy. It's just, you know, let's just see where it goes at the end of the season. Because my opinion on Ateta, you know, it's been very seesaw. You know, one moment I'm thinking he's not the man. The next moment I think, you know, this guy could be the man. So, yeah, let's just see. Uh, that, that's where I'm on. I'm on the fence at the moment. And your take? No, I mean, I'm quite happy because when I heard... Look, it's not just of, just saying, oh, yeah, I'm happy for happy's sake. But when I heard also, like, what they were explaining was, Jesus has now got the, the, not only the backing of the, the club, but now they, the, the owners also now have now said, look, we want you to stay on and whatever. And there are going to be now funds available. And, that, and I think... What makes it even better if we do, you know, can, can lock the, the the Champions League spot down for ourselves, whether it's fourth or third. Um, I still think to myself, this is another opportunity now because I think they can also see, you know, almost like light at the end of the tunnel with this project, where, you know, like with our based on our ambitions and that. I mean, of course, I'm not saying, oh yeah, we're going to be, you know, immediately just shoved into the Man City Liverpool bracket because I mean they they play a brand of football that. We still need to get there. We need to still, you know, climb those steps to get there. But I mean, it leads me to also the next point where Arteta has also made it now clear in today's press conference that all our, I think, the, roughly the, the majority of the first team squad is also going to be more incomings than outgoings. So he does not want to really tamper or fiddle with, you know, with any of the current squad, especially the key players. I'm talking of the big hitters in the team. So I think they're going to rather just, you know, bolster the squad we needed with probably not top quality signers, because I think that's also going to make or appeal to a lot of players that can actually not see, I mean, on via TV or whatever, that, that this is now sort of, uh, you know, good investment as a player as well to, to join a, a troop like Arsenal. Yeah, that's why the Champions League football, I know Europa League, you know, might secure you somebody, but... Yeah. I think that Champions League is what, what, what gets you, you know. If you look at Liverpool's side, I don't want to compete. Like, you know, they've they've taken a, they, it's a progression over the years. But 
you know that bicycle kick of Emre Chan against Watford secured them Champions League football. Thereafter, they managed to sign Allison, or oh, sorry, Mo Salah. Then this, you know, he actually pushed him to the next bracket, and then they managed to sign Allison, and then Van Dijk or Van Dijk in that January window before Allison, and that kind of, you know, almost if you look at that squad, every time there's a, a player here, a player there that's get added, that just bolsters the squad. So you know, maybe we need that two to three players when we get the Champions League to take us to that next tier of you know Man City and Liverpool because they are on a different level at the moment, but. It's up to us now to kind of bridge that gap even closer. I mean, you know, let's let's say we we didn't lose to to Southampton, Palace, and and, yeah. and Brighton, or even picked up some points there. You know, we could have at least been like a few points off Liverpool and City, like call it eight to yeah. ten points, eleven points, and that that's just three games difference of you competing for a title and and um you know being team that's just fighting for a top four scrap. So. You know, players need to come in and, you know, hopefully we get a better start to, to the season. And I mean, one thing was I want to add, um, if you look at, at Klopp that, that when he started out, I mean, it, it took him also between three to four years to get almost like that sort of squad or build that squad that he wanted. And I think for me, Arteta is almost like kind of exceeded expectations because if you think he's almost like done it in, say, a, a season maybe less than Klopp, you know, where yeah. he the squad. And I think... I mean, what actually excites me also now going into the the summer even is just thinking of, of you know, when you're going to have a high-profile forward that can actually bury all those shots that you, you may, as you now mentioned, that there has been our shortcomings against Brighton, there has been our shortcomings against Palace, our shortcoming against uh, what was the game we also lost in between. Something like that. Where you, and I find they have a forward that can put that ball away, that know where the goal is, that, it, you know, that can don't even like choke up when he's in front of a goal because I think that has been also our biggest downfall where the mids have, have carried us to a certain point, but now we also look forward to the strike to think, okay, can you take us an extra edge forward? And that is where Lacazette like, has fallen short, and that is where sometimes we've also ever had our criticism with Nketi. I mean, of course, he's doing his work well now, but I just think now, I mean, I find it good that he's playing on form now. So he can almost like, you know, secure himself a, a move elsewhere where, you know, he can you know, add something, a different edge to his game. But, I mean, I just think to myself, from now on in, going to the summer, you know, let us get over the line now and then, you know, we really push on in the summer so that we can be in a, a sort of situation where we can have even like second, third, fourth, in you know, a more positive position where we can actually say, oh, yeah, that, that slots are going to be ours. Yeah. No, I, I definitely agree with that. Yeah. So with that, I hope you guys enjoy the week. I hope you guys enjoy the Sunday because I mean it's going to be hectic the whole weekend. Yeah. Take care, guys. Stay safe. Bye. Cheers, guys. Have a good one. Hopefully, you know, we pick up the three points against Leeds and, you know, pick up some point at Tottenham.